be here tonight and we've had an awesome time as we've already just said and this is the King's Church 5th Women's Conference. Um, it started out when I realised that we need to make some time to meet together to hear from God, don't we? Because life can get pretty busy and it's good to have some time out uh, to hear God and here is the journey that he has for us. An important part of the conference for me as well is about raising up women uh, from within our own church to speak, to raise and to just encourage really to be what God's called them to be. We've all got callings, we've all got things that we're good at and sometimes we just need a friend to come along and encourage and say, have a go. It might be the next step that you need to take on your walk with God. Um, and that's been really a really important, important part of building team for conference. So, um, so yes, I'm really encouraged by the team we've got this year. God's really spoken to them and we're really excited about what we've got to share with you over the weekend. Uh, we've really felt the touch of the spirit already, which is exciting. We just know we're in God's place when his spirit's here. Um, so I believe this weekend he wants you to experience and know a depth of his love that's new to you. Something that maybe that you haven't experienced before or got close enough for or opened up your heart enough. Uh, but we've talked already about freedom and freedom is so important. Freedom is why I'm here, if you like, because it's part of my testimony. Um, I would never expect to be here uh, five years ago, six years ago. So um, it is part of our journey, freedom. And freedom makes us take a step closer to God and it also takes us a step closer to our calling and what he wants us to do. So um, it's a good place to be. It doesn't mean that I've made it, because I haven't. Um, but we're all on a journey, aren't we? So that's really good. Um, this weekend we're focusing on arahanui, meaning much love deepest affection or the literal translation is love big uh, and that is so what God is uh, we love we will go on a journey of comparing man's view of love um, to God's big love and then the things that hinders us from receiving or growing in that love tomorrow then we're going to look at God's love and his word it sets us apart as his daughters to be sent into the world on a mission. And we've all got mission. We'll then finish up on Sunday by looking at some practical uh, ways to daily walk in God's love and the practical tips of our heart's response and life's experience. So uh, what I'd like to do now is just pray, okay? Okay. <clears throat> Let us just open our hearts to uh, Tua Papa, Tama Tama, God Devada, Dear Pierre, Father God, Father God, Ayatuhana, Father God, we ask you to come into our hearts to reveal more of your big love to us. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, a little about myself. I'll see if this is working now. I've been married uh, to Julian for 30 years now. Um, I'm a mum of three children and I work part-time in the community as a wound nurse. Um, this year, I had the first of my three children, my son, 
get married to lovely Ali. <laughs> it's a very special day of joining together with family and friends to celebrate their relationship. Um, they were school sweethearts with a, whose relationship grew to be wanting to commit to life partners in marriage. Uh, and I love weddings, I don't know about you, they're always a special time to dress up, but also a time to be with special people. Um, this one was a particularly a bit of a tearjerker, uh, particularly when it came to their vows. Um, but it was a special day full of many happy memories. In uh, Songs of Songs, there's another description of love, a very passionate description. For love is as strong as death, its jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. And many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot seep it away. If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would be utterly scorned. It sounds pretty passionate, doesn't it? Um, but it also underlines how strong love is. And, um, can, and for which many of us actually probably long for that strong, passionate love. So what is love? Is it the picture of the wedding? Two people committed to one another? Is it the feeling you have for children? Or is it the way you make you, that make you feel, people make you feel who are close and special to you? If you love someone, you feel committed and attracted to them and they're really important to you. Love is wanting the best for them, preferring them above yourself. Or is love standing consistently by someone <clears throat> when you don't even always agree? Is it giving of yourself when you haven't got much left in the tank to give? Or is it giving them that last piece of chocolate cake, no matter how much you want it? Or helping them move when they can't? Or giving yourself and um, giving time of yourself and not holding back? Is it giving commitment through thick and thin, through sickness and in health? Is it waking up early to spend time or making time for when someone's lonely? Or is it, risk, is it risking your life for someone to save theirs? Can love also be that intense infection that stems from a sexual attraction from that other person? We love other people, or we say we love other people, when we're attracted to them. And when they make us feel good, could it be then that human love then is based on something which would imply love is conditional? In other words, we love someone because they fulfill a condition that we require before we can love them. How many times have you heard or said, I love you because you're cute? Or I love you because you take good care of me? Or maybe I love you because you're fun to be with? Our love is often conditional. The closest to unconditional love would be parental love, <clears throat> who continue to love their kids through good times and bad. We might all have our own definitions of love. And that's often that often comes from our environment and our experience, our upbringing that we've had. <coughs> human love is all too often set by human parameters. The book Five Languages of Love by Dr. Chapman helps us to understand how people receive love differently. 
Some see quality time as an expression of love, receiving undivided attention from someone like going for a walk together or going out to eat without your devices. For some, receiving gifts is a visible symbol of love. Others like physical touch and there's acts of service. Yes, I'll cook the dinner is music to my ears. <laughs> you do a words of affirmation or praise is the last one. You do look good in that dress. I really like how you're on time when you come and pick me up. These are all different ways of um, expressing people's love language, which helps us to show our love to them better. Um, although we may have to learn a way that we don't feel comfortable with because it's something new to us. Um, these actions help us to express love because love isn't just a feeling on its own, but it's best expressed through action. These are just suggestions that have helped many express love. As we all know, it's not always easy. Our experiences of love are so varied, and we're, if we're honest, those experiences can often be broken. We know we're in a society when divorce has become so easy, separation is done regularly, abusive relationships are reported more frequently, and people prefer to live together just in case. <clears throat> there are 6,000 children in state care, 40% of which get moved three times in, the, in five years that they're in care. So we are many people that don't know how to give or receive love. We all have different interpretations according to our upbringing and our experiences. Some people have been damaged from no affection or wrong affections. <clears throat> to no quality time together or too much time together and controlling behaviour, to no gifts or no words of affirmation, just verbal abuse and bullying. We live in a fallen world which often reflects fallen behaviour. Our sinful self is very selfish. We let people down and hurt them instead of showing love. Sometimes those closest to us are the ones we injure the most. Our human view of love can be too often broken. In truth, we're not perfect. Uh, because we're not perfect in ourselves, we cannot live and love perfectly. Our human experiences often don't help us understand our Heavenly Father's love for us. Fortunately, he doesn't just leave us with our worldly experience, but he teaches us what his big love looks like and lets us experience that love through his Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us about Father's love and why it's so different from human love. We go to the Bible as it's written at record to everything we need to know. So in John 4:16, it says, God is love and we are to know and rely on that love he has for us. God's love is unconditional. We can see that in John 3:16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. There's no terms, there's no conditions. It wasn't based on feelings or emotions. Unconditional means there's no prerequisites. It's easy to think God loves another person more than when you see favour being poured out. <clears throat> it could be maternally or emotionally. They People that look happy, 
having, having a great time with family and friends. Life is going well. God must love them more than me. We listen to these lies sometimes, but I've learned over the years these aren't healthy thoughts and not truth. We're all equal in his eyes. Romans 3:23 states, We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. His gift of love, grace and favour now cascades over us because of Jesus. We need to rely on his love for us. We have all done wrong things and we are all able to receive his love as we see when he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for us. He doesn't abandon us. When times get tough, he doesn't love us because we make him feel good. He loves us because he is love. We have his love, and this love in the Greek is agape, meaning the highest form of love, the love that God has for man, an unconditional love for his children. He created us to have a loving relationship. But when Adam sinned, that could only be restored by the sacrifice of God's son and repentance. God defined by the act of love, he defined love by the act of giving a sacrifice. We all originally chose to reject God, yet by his grace and his amazing love for us, he made a way to cement that separation through the sacrifice of Jesus. Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, he gave his son for us. But that doesn't say that. So I've obviously jumped one. No? Have I just missed it? Okay, maybe I didn't do that slide. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to uh, hold on to that thought. So not because... There you go. Thank you, Sally. Um, <clears throat> so he gave his son... Let's start again. It states, God demonstrated his love for us that in, while we were still sinners, he gave his son for us. So not because we were good enough and has made the mark, but because we hadn't made the mark. We have access to that sacrificial forgiving love because when we have given our life to him, we are one with him and have access to all he is. So God is love. He created it. He is it. And it's big. Without a personal revelation of God's unconditional love, our view of God can be tainted and scarred by our own personal experiences and our own thoughts on love. When we view God's love from our own understanding, we miss out on the full experience of all that his love is. And we miss out and we don't see how precious we are in our Father's eyes and how his love for us was created by him for us to live in the good of all that we've been created for. His big love is all-encompassing. Even our best friend or partner doesn't know us in the same way that he does. In fact, I don't think I know myself sometimes. Uh, so it's really good to know that he knew me and he formed me in my mother's womb. I recently had a time when I was struggling. with not having peace. I was restless and life was getting me down. Uh, I'd been through a pretty busy patch in life. And it, so I just chose to take a quiet day at home. It be, can be quite a good thing to do sometimes. I recommend it. <laughs> just taking some time out, slowing the speed down. Uh, that morning, a good friend of mine phoned from the UK 
And as we chatted, I realized that actually I was struggling. I was just feeling alone and not good enough. I then had a, Pete, a phone call from Pete. Um, he wanted to ask me something, but he, on the other hand, asked me a question that resulted in lots of tears. So uh, he wasn't quite expecting that. It was reassuring, though, just to talk through the issues of isolation and inadequacy to find that they were real but also common. By talking about it, it resulted in the issue getting a bit smaller, which was good. You know what it's like when you share a problem. It's halved because you've shared it, and uh, it then helps you to move on as well. So uh, now hearing from those two people at that time, some people would say it was a coincidence. But sometimes, actually, I believe it's God. He puts these people across our path because he wants to bless us he wants us to receive his love. He wants us to just know that he loves us. So um, it was really good. His love is just so like that sometimes, and it looks like there's a few people out there that are nodding and saying <laughs> it's happened to them too. He knows every hair on our head. Let's just take a quick look at some of the truths about God's love. We can go back to Jeremiah 31 now. Yeah, yeah. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. His love lasts forever. It's eternal, undying, indestructible and rare. As humans, it's okay to confess we run out of love. I know that in my job as a nurse, you can give out lots of love and caring and you often end up quite low in love. And so it's your people at home that might get... The, the dregs of the pot. Um, but our fountain of love can never run dry with God. So it's reassuring to read about how big God's love is. And in Ephesians, this is taken from the Passionate Bible. Just checking, I've got my slides again. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching his love is, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into, the, into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. His love is wide. It's as wide, it covers the breadth of our own experience and it reaches the whole world. It's long. It continues the length of our lives. It's high. It rises to the heights of our celebration. It's deep to reach the depth of discouragement, desperation and despair. Nothing can separate us from his love. Yet we all know that there are things that do separate us from knowing our Father's love. Another one is God's love is unfailing. My unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my promise of peace be removed. His love is without error or fault. It's reliable and constant, dependable and steadfast. The way we use the word love today, oh, I love that car. Oh, I love that dress. Oh, that house is really nice. I love it. Maybe that word, the way that we use it, just creates a temporary suggestion. 
that maybe we're going to move on to the next thing. This is, uh, we also know that we let people down however much we try. This is particularly difficult for those who've had people abuse trust, whether it's someone exposing secrets to others, gossip, broken promises, being blamed for mistakes, lack of support, put down humour or judgement, to name but a few. Our dad wants us to be dependent on his love. It's a safe, reliable place, a place of trust. Our father's love is again seen in Zephaniah 3, verse 17. It says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. We read the same response in the parable of the prodigal son, where the father sees the son coming and he gets excited and he starts running towards him and he places a ring on his finger, shoes and a robe, and he holds a party. He's excited. In other words, God's big love is relational. He rejoices over us and wants to hang out with us. He runs towards us. He's on those starting blocks waiting. We all know that feeling of really wanting to spend time with someone. Maybe it's a grandchild. Maybe it's your own child or partner or a good friend. We all get excited about seeing somebody. And he sings and rejoices over us. So what does God say love looks like? I think we can see it best in 1 Corinthians 13, where he says, love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it isn't rude or self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't rejoice in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. However, I believe God wants us to look at some of the things in life that might be holding us back from receiving his love. I believe God wants us to own our experiences, those things in life that have happened, but they are in the past. Not to look back and be pulled back by them, but to say, yes, this has happened, but I'm not going to let it shape and define me. It's time to receive more of his love to help us. Sometimes healing can happen quickly and other times it takes a while. But remember this, he is a God of hope. God can bring healing because his love is big. One of the boulders, those things in life that stops us receiving and giving is fear. Now how about that? That was in worship, hey? Fear of being loved and hurt again, disappointed in the outcome of love. Many of us may remember your first love or crush. You had those emotions that you felt for that person, that time that you might set aside to try and bump into that person or even visit. You know, all those smiles are coming back, thinking about now. So, uh, <clears throat> so we've all had those moments, but then we also had those moments when those relationships finished and they stopped, and there was an empty feeling. 
and there was a wondering of, is that feeling going to ever come back again? Am I ever going to feel like this? Or is it, am I going to have um, another relationship? Um, sometimes it's even harder uh, when you don't see someone, when you've been in an abusive relationship. A fear can set in as you've been hurt and disappointed by love. Fear cannot live alongside perfect love. They're opposites. To help us understand this, I remember a, a class, a science class, and it talks about opposites and how substances just can't be mixed with each other. There was an experiment of oil and water. You know the one you put the glass, the water in the glass, and then you put the oil in on top. And this is because... This is because oil and water don't mix, and because they don't mix, the oil stays separate from the water. Both of these substances were created differently and react in the opposite way. Fear and love are opposites. If we have love, we cannot fear because they don't mix. In the same way, if we fear, then maybe we've stopped being aware of God's love. So as Christians, we're called to live a life of love. So what are we going to do with the fear that we all face at different times and for different reasons? When you see fear or sense an instance of fear, then the only tool to use is God's love and Holy Spirit. If we don't know he's with us, we need to call on him. And he will give us all we need. Doubting God's love can allow fear to enter. It can keep in making us feel vulnerable with words that I can't do this, I'm not good enough, she's better than me, will all seem words that are very familiar to us. Doubt goes back to the Garden of Eden. When Eve was created, life was full of love. It was perfect place to live with a perfect husband and living in harmony with her heavenly dad. However, as you know, things changed. When doubt was sown by the serpent, he challenged God's love and goodness. He implied God was strict and stingy and was keeping things back from them. Doesn't that happen to us today? We doubt God's love and we compare ourselves <clears throat> and th ends up thinking that I'm useless. Again, I go back to that story I shared earlier when I had that meltdown. My struggle was with doubt, which was leading to fear. I doubted God's love. I felt empty and overflowed into other areas of my life. I became, I was, I was tired and I was struggling with my health. I became cynical in my mind about people and life. I doubted what God had called me to do. I'm sure others would have experienced the same sort of thing. It's a roller coaster that you're on. And when I reflected back as to why I reacted like that, the Holy Spirit just showed me how I saw my dad. Not that he'd said anything over me. He was a successful businessman. He was an extrovert, and he's done pretty well for himself. But his success made me feel like I wasn't good enough. And this made it difficult for, difficult for me to receive God's love and acceptance. And this still rears its head time and time again. 
You see, the enemy plays with the truth. It becomes distorted and it creates doubt. And I wanted to do well because God's love and acceptance mattered to me, but not when it distorts the view that he has of me, that I'm a child of God. You see, the enemy is a liar who wants us to feel trapped by shame and guilt. Why do you think like that? How could you think like that? You're useless. You can't do it. It's a bit like a dripping tap, really. These lies drip into your mind. I had to make time to be with God when I realised what was going on. Just time to ask forgiveness, to get right with God. And I believe that's for all of us, that we sometimes have to spend time and get right with God. Because God loves us. It's difficult to move on if we don't face these things. If we stay in that safe place of lies, we'll be limited on what we can do and what that fear allows us to do. Let's think back to that experiment again. If the glass was filled to the top and you put the oil in, then the oil would spill over because there'd be no room in the glass. The water represents God's love and the oil is fear. And he wants us to walk and be filling our glass with love so that there's no room for fear. The Bible says, as we've heard, that perfect love drives away all fear because fear has to do with punishment. He's a dad who loves you with a deep affection and he wants you to move and grow in his love to fulfill the calling he has for you. Do we know how much he loves us? His love is big and his heart is for us. The Bible is full of wonderful truths and promises for us, but we need to get good at knowing what those truths are to help us through and to bring an end to the lies. The fear tries to paralyze us by making that, uh, which makes it difficult for us to move forwards, backwards, we just get stuck. Remember the words, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. I love how it says, I have drawn you. <coughs> he will pour out his kindness. He will draw us into his presence. And I have experienced that too. So let me just... Come to, coming to the end now, just reading through that 1 Corinthians 13 again, but just reading it from uh, the Passionate Translation. <clears throat> His love is large and incredibly patient. His love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. His love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate in importance. His love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honour. His love is not easily irritated or quick to take offence. His love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. God's love is a safe place to shelter. For it never stops believing the best in you. He never gives up. Love never stops loving. So we're going to um, 
be having some more worship time in a minute. Just, um, <coughs> just remembering really that he was the shepherd in the song that's left the 99 sheep to go and rescue that one. If you're needing to be rescued from fear and doubt or shame, or is God speaking to you about something else? Let's acknowledge where we are. Perhaps we're stuck. Perhaps we need to forgive. Or perhaps we need forgiveness. And for sure, we all need God's big love. So shall we just stand and just...